Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome to The Stacks, a podcast about books and the people who read them. I'm your host, Tracy Thomas. And before we get to today's episode, The Stacks Book Club conversation around emergency contact by Mary H.K. Choi with our guest, Juliet Littman, I want to fill you in on some exciting changes that are happening at The Stacks. Before I say more, just know there will be no changes for you, the listener at home. You'll still get your episodes every Wednesday like you have for the last three and a half years. Okay. That being said, today's episode is my final episode as part of the Lady Gang Network and Podcast One. I have really enjoyed my time with the Lady Gang, and I'm super grateful to Becca, Jack, and Kelty for helping the Stacks reach new audiences, helping me create merch, and teaching me a lot about the podcast world. I also want to take this moment to thank my incredible sound editor, Silvana Alcala. I have had the best time working with her, and she has made creating this show every week just a real joy. Silvana has made sure that every episode sounds good and on a personal note, has taken the time to send me the sweetest notes about basically every single episode, her thoughts on the guests, and just great vibes. So I'm really, really, really going to miss Silvana. Okay, where is the show going? So I am betting on me and I'm taking the stacks back all to myself. I'm going completely independent, which means which means I'm going to need you all, the listeners, more than ever. I will no longer have the support of a giant network behind me. And without getting too into the weeds of podcasting and financials and all of that, I will be responsible now for everything. That means hosting, websites, technical support, production, marketing. I'll be bringing on a new team member. All of it's going to fall on me, which is super terrifying. But I do know that in my heart of hearts, this is the right move for the stacks to continue to grow and evolve into a show that I can still be proud of. So how do you support? The first thing is the most obvious one. Please subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Subscriptions are basically currency in the podcast world. It also means you'll never miss an episode. They'll come to you right in your feed every single week. The next thing you can do is leave a review on iTunes. It takes 30 seconds. You say like a nice sentence of how much you love the show. And if you don't have an iPhone, you can still do this by going onto your computer and going to the iTunes website and searching for the podcast. The next thing you can do is tell your people. I know you all know at least one other person who likes books. Please get them to subscribe to the show. Take their phone and click subscribe if you have to. But please, please, please reach out to your people. Make sure they're listening. This one is the big one. Join the stacks on Patreon. I say this every week, but there is truly no podcast without 
the people who support the show on Patreon, aka the Stacks Pack. To join the Stacks Pack costs $5 a month. You all will earn perks too if you join on Patreon, like our virtual book club. You get discounts on the merch. You get shout outs on the show. It's probably the number one way you can support the show outside of subscribing and listening every single week. So please join us at patreon.com slash the stacks. And there is a link to that in the show notes. Okay, here's another thing you can do. You can also shop the Stacks sponsors and affiliates, clicking the links in the show notes and using the discount codes provided. I'll help the show continue to work with brands who help me to pay the bills. You can buy yourself or a loved one some Stacks merch. That's very easy. The stackspodcast.com slash shop. And last thing, you can follow the Stacks on social media at the Stacks Pod on Instagram and at the Stacks Pod underscore on Twitter. If you like an episode, you can share it on social media, tag us. All of that stuff goes a really long way. I know that's a really long list, but I just want to thank you guys again so much for listening to the show, for supporting the show, for supporting me as an entrepreneur, which is a weird thing because I don't think of myself in that way. But this is a really exciting time for me and the show, and it's also terrifying. So thank you so much for being here and for listening this long. And we're going to get to the episode now. It's our book club conversation about emergency contact by Mary H.K. Choi. Our guest is Juliette Littman. She is the host of one of my favorite podcasts, Bachelor Party, as well as the podcast Jam Session, both on The Ringer. And Juliette is the head of production at The Ringer. And let me just say this very clearly for everyone, even the people in the back, there are a ton of spoilers on today's episode. So if you are going to read the book, don't listen now, listen later. Okay, last thing before we dive in, at the end of today's episode, we announce our September book club pick. You're going to want to listen. It's a really good one. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Let's talk emergency contact. All right, everybody, we're back uh, with Juliette Littman to discuss for the Sex Book Club, Emergency Contact by Mary H.K. Choi. Juliette, welcome back. Thank you. Um, We're going to do spoilers and stuff today. So if you haven't read the book, pause and come back when you're ready or just don't be mad at me if we spoil something because I warned you. Pretty fast read. So I feel like you could pause and come back not too not too far away. Yeah, it's a not very fast read. It's a, I mean, it's a YA book, um, which we can talk about because I don't know that it really is. But um, we always start in the same place for these is sort of generally, what did you think of the book? I liked it. I don't think I knew it was a YA novel when I started reading it. I, I like remember everyone tweeting about this book when it came out. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. But then, yeah, I mean, I, I liked it, but it was just um, kind of a little underwhelming. But I think that's just because I had the wrong expectations. I feel like I didn't really know what I was getting into. Oh, interesting. For me, I liked it too. I really like Mary's writing. Like I, I find her to be super relatable. Sort of what you were talking about last time about like being in a conversation with an author that they don't even know that you're in. Like I definitely felt like, I could feel Mary in the book and that I was like, I like, I like her. Um, and I really loved Penny. I really loved Penny. I thought she was like a great main character, um, because she was sort of like weird and also lovely. Um, so, so there were definite parts of the book that I thought were slow or a little boring, but like when it would get back to Penny, I'd be like, yes, okay, we're here we are. There's something very charming about it. Like just yeah. regardless, it just was like a, a charming, a charming read. Yeah, it was sweet. And I felt like it made me feel like I was younger again. <laughs> like yeah. I felt like a little bit like back in being in college. Like I think you and I are around the same age. I was born in 86 and I think you're... Same. Okay. So I felt like sort of nostalgic a little bit for 
having like those kinds of crushes and like all of that totally. sort of stuff. So I, I liked that. Um, and Sam seemed kind of hot, which, you know, even though he also seemed really skinny, which was troubling to me. <laughs> I I was like, this is this character couldn't be less appealing to me like in any way. But I, I understand that's like a type that sort of like has problems, has like has really like gross hair kind of guy. <laughs> I think that I what I I don't know about you but I always end up imagining like when I read books like this that no matter what the author says about the guy or like the love interest character I decide that the guy is the hottest person on the face of the earth and I just because like I need to like them so like if what you're describing is something that I'm not attracted to I just am like oh well actually he's just a real it's basically Michael B. Jordan it's fine like here we are (laughs) yeah I just I, I think that like for some reason I don't I don't know like I have I don't read a lot of YA so I think that like I kind of f- forgot some of the sort of simplicities that come with those types of books I guess but I just I just found like some of the holes a little too glaring but like I like when I think but it's only like when I think about it like when as I was reading it I was like this is very pleasant I'm having a nice time what were the holes that were glaring for you like so little about school for Penny and her mm. two friends. And very little like other people like when you're a freshman in college, I think one of the predominant feelings is like, oh, my God, there's people everywhere. And it's like exciting contributes to a lot of FOMO because you're like, why am I not doing everyone else is doing? But Penny's world felt so small and maybe it was supposed to because she kept it small, but it just felt like it wasn't populated. And also like Austin is such a good kind of lively city. I felt like that was missing in a way. Hmm, Interesting. I agree. I feel like college does feel like almost like overwhelming freshman year especially like with so many people and like trying to figure out who your people are and like making connections and stuff like that what did you think about the dueling perspectives like having sam and penny sort of their povs i i liked it i i thought it i thought it worked well um i do often just feel like views of I felt like their their view of their relationship though was like almost like too synced up. Like there mm-hmm. almost like wasn't enough like confusion between like what he thought was happening versus what she thought was happening. And I don't think like a a twenty three year old who thought he was about to be a father and considers himself homeless would be um as like sympathetic and and like attached to Penny as this character was. Like I felt like he, I felt like he was sort of what Penny wanted him to be and like what you would want this guy to be, but actually like that person is way has way more issues that would prevent him from being an available emergency contact. <laughs> right. He definitely is like super unavailable even though he's yeah. somehow available for Penny. But I don't know. Don't you feel I don't know if you've ever had like a text person in your life, like someone that you text a lot. I feel like somehow you make time for texting. Oh, yeah, of course. If you if you find it important, you find the time. But I just feel like it quickly translated into something else. Like, right. She and so that part was unrealistic to me. But of course, yeah, I mean, a text relationship is I I love her her acknowledgement at the end. Like, if you think it's a thing, if you if you wondering if it counts it counts was really sweet because i think so many people are like is this a thing like am i making it up in my head and i thought that was very sweet yeah I, I yes a thousand percent i have people in my life that i've become close with through the pandemic basically only through texting oh, for sure and i'm like i have a lot of friends that way yeah yeah i'm like are we best friends because i feel like we're best friends and we've never met because of the pandemic and I, in normal times eventually we would have met in some way but like because I now do this show remotely, when I used to do it in person, a lot of people that I become close with through the show are 
people I've never met and like live in different states and different parts of the country. So I definitely related to that. Like, I don't know. Have you ever like dated someone in that way though? Like a, like a strong text flirtation? I don't let, I don't consider that dating. Like, I'm just like, why yeah. don't we spend I time together? Like dating, but like, yeah, that like really flirty relationship via text. Sure. that's like not physically present. Sure. But like, to me, I'm always like, what's wrong here? Like I wouldn't consider that dating i would just be like why aren't we hanging out and then i would like blow it up and be like what's going on here so <laughs> you'd like call them and be like is this a thing or is this not a thing yeah or just like why do you like i, I would just be like you don't you don't get like the funny quips without like putting in some actual time Got it. unless FaceTime. If, Face to -face. if you're living in this if you're living in the same place it's different if you're long distance right and it's different if i guess pandemic i kept just thinking sure. about how this book is so different than where we are now and like where young people are gonna be for a while yeah. i guess though i guess young people also like don't seem to care which i i was gonna say i you know having data in the pandemic you just kind of go for it like if you're yeah. interested you sort of like take the risk or, or just like i don't know go out a few times or talk a little bit until you're like comfortable with your covid situation so again like i think i i don't know i think there has to be like an in-person component call me call me old-fashioned old-fashioned oh juliet you're <laughs> such a millennial my gosh no i i agree i think i mean look i have not dated since 2010 <laughs> I mean, I got, I mean, I've been with my partner since 2010. So I feel like I'm definitely old fashioned in that way. But I, 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 I think maybe that's what it is. It's like, I liked that it was all on text. Cause I was like, oh, this yeah. is so different and cutesy. And like, I don't know. Plus Mary's such a good writer and so funny that like their texting was so fun to read. Like totally. it was good yes. texting. Texting's never that good. It's also a, a language that like we all understand. Right. Mm -hmm. And there's a, I think it's funny um, watching texting like make its way into novels and into books like as a sort of it's almost like ancillary or sort of like to, to the way people communicate in person. I don't know. It's it's a huge part of communication and it is like a way people get to know each other. I guess my point is it just can't be like the only thing. Right. No, I agree it, with in you. Interesting watching it make it into into like books and everything. And I feel like so often it's done poorly in books and on TV like yeah I, I'm sometimes just like that's not how texting works and like on TV I get so mad when it doesn't look like texting I'm like what are what are these text bubbles that you're showing us that look like a typewriter like that's not what like we all know what the bubbles look like just pay the graphic designer like let's get the bubbles I need to, to see the texting their people are starting to figure it out though I think I think so too do you watch never have I ever or never I have yeah and they have cute texting on there a it's like, that's a cute show. It's yeah, so it's cute. cute. I love I just finished season two. I think it's so cute. I'm I'm I agree. Also, spoilers on this. It's a little dismaying to me to end season two like at the same place as season one. I'm just like, okay, I had so... the exact same thought. <laughs> like How, we... however, yeah. Well, yeah, like what do we just do? Like, what do we just I, I actually like really hate when TV shows do that when they like undo like a whole season's worth of time or whatever. But um, I thought that shows that shows really cute. However, it definitely, I, and I think this book too, like, you know, we said we're the same age from 35. I'm reaching the point where like stuff for teens and like young people, I feel makes me feel old and like, I don't fully get it. And like, 
even talking about this texting thing, but I'm like, but wait, what do you mean? Don't you need to hang out in person? And so I'm like reaching the point where I'm like, oh, I'm old. Damn it. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel old. I felt old watching, like watching Never Have I Ever. Is that what it's called? Never Have I Ever? I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. even know. I am like, Davey, just own up to your shit, girl. Like I kept being like, you need to be more mature. And then I was like, I'm the mom. Like I'm not Davey. Like I want to pretend like yeah, I'm Davey no. and I'm the mom. At the very least, I'm the aunt or the cousin. Like, but cousin, I, this yeah. just isn't full. Like, this just isn't me. And you're right. Like, ending every episode basically is the exact same on that show, which I think is like, you know, Davy does something bad, gets into trouble, has to get out of it. But still, so cute. And also, yeah. Why is Paxton 75 and Davy's 12? He's He's 30. Oh my God. It's so, he's 30. Yeah, I looked it up too. It's and really she's uncomfortable. 19 he, still. She'll be 20 at the end of I this know. year. And it really makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> she has wrinkles. And also, I have to assume she wasn't, I think she must have been like 17 for season one, which is like yeah. weird. Yeah. A thousand percent. I'm sure. <laughs> I bet it's more uncomfortable. I bet he's the most uncomfortable about it. I bet he hates it. Yeah. I, yeah. How could you not? It's super I mean, weird. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Super weird. Sorry. But I think that he's like who I had in my mind for for Sam. Like, I think like that kind of guy, like super cute. I think he's super cute. I think I was thinking of cartoon characters as I read this. I was like thinking of Daria kind of. Mm. <laughs> for Penny? <laughs> I think Jane was more. I, I don't know. I just was thinking of like, I don't know. I think something about it just felt like fundamentally really un- untrue to me. And Interesting. And I don't, I, maybe I'm being too harsh, but, um, I don't know. And maybe again, maybe I'm just being too old, but I just felt like the relationship almost like went too well and like took off really quickly. I just didn't buy into the relationship. And maybe this is my heart and soul coming out after, you know, a life of watching rom-coms and being like, "Mm, that's not how it goes, but I don't know. Like you wanted them to be on different pages more and then come together and figure it out. Like it was like too, yeah. they fell in too seamlessly too early, sort of. Like that really sweet email that he sends when they haven't spoken for a while. Oh, yeah. I, I was like, that is a really great email. And that would just absolutely never happen with this totally <laughs> flustered, <laughs> bewildered young man. <laughs> like he's like, he's the documentarian. He doesn't think with words. He right. thinks with pictures. So I just right. thought that was like very wishful thinking. But that is a YA novel. So why am I being so hard on it? No, but I think, I mean, I never used to read YA at all before I started this podcast. And I have since started reading a very, very, very small amount. So I'm not an expert. And I know there are people who are listening who are like YA, adults who read YA, like in a very serious way, which is a whole other conversation that we can have. (laughs) Um, I have feelings about that too. But I think that like good YA has to do all the things that good adult books do you know like so like if there are holes in the relationship or holes in the characters like I think that they deserve as much criticism as you would criticize a book for adults like I don't think that I don't think that you're being harsh at all if that's like how you felt about the characters because it's still a book you know like still the work went in I think that like there's this other genre they call new adult which is I think this falls into that category more, though I think all the categories are sort of stupid because when I was a young yeah. person, I read books for adults and for young people and like why it wasn't a thing when we were kids. So I feel like it's like almost over categorizing and like makes it 
like less because like then when it's why it's like you know there's like the thing that i hated the most about this book and i shouldn't say hate it but the thing i didn't like about this book and i don't like about most ya is like this need to wrap everything up with like apologies and like yeah admitting when i was wrong and like that always really slows me down and bores me with the book like just get just get to it like you like sorry that we had a secret relationship cousin person uncle niece yeah. whatever the fuck i don't <laughs> whatever she is family member i couldn't really follow that either I was just, but also kind of like didn't really matter yeah it didn't matter it was cute to be uncle sam i get it but like I, like all of that stuff always really slows me down because i just don't i don't think life is ever that tidy and i just don't know why we feel like we have to teach young people that it needs to be that way yeah i know i know it's it's not and also like that's what, that's kind of what I'm saying. There would have been so much more miscommunication and confusion between those two that that it made it hard to believe that it kind of like got to their happy place so quickly. Yeah. Did you feel like warm feelings towards them at all? Like, were you able to suspend your disbelief or was it sort of just like, meh? Yeah. No, I was. Ha- and I did like reading the texting because it felt so familiar and like. It is, it, you know, I think some, some people well, I don't feel like they could be the best selves over texting and like never, never want to meet in person. So I did feel like that part was like really relatable. I, I enjoyed reading this book. I think if you just like take a step back from it, a lot of it doesn't hold up, but it was like a really pleasant one day read. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree. I think I liked it more than you because I really liked Penny a lot. Like I just, I mm-hmm. liked that kind of character. I find mm-hmm. like talking about we're talking about last time like women writing women and like giving us space to be a lot of different things and like I felt like I could relate to Penny's like having her little kits and like all those things like that's such a me thing like my bag has all the little things and like I don't I I don't get to see that type of person a lot I think and like I'm very different than Penny in a lot of ways but just like the specificity that Mary wrote Penny felt so well done especially in YA where there's so much focus on plot and we got this yeah. like, really well-developed young woman. Like interior life. Yeah. yeah. And I just really liked that. And like that she was messy and that she had like really relatable mom issues that weren't like predictable necessarily. Though I did, though I did know that there had been some sort of sexual assault. I figured that out very early. Mm. Um, but even. How did you st- figure that out? There was something that she said really early on that was like, because whatever happened. And I feel like whenever mm-hmm. they use the phrase, like something yeah. quote happened, I'm like, oh, there's some sort of sexual assault. I don't, I don't, it's like, I don't know why, but that language. Um, so yeah. So Penny was like really the heart and soul for, for me of the book. And I felt like because she was so well done, the book worked for longer than if, the character if she hadn't been like such a good character i also i also liked that in her own way i felt she like she had a real confidence and one thing that Mm -hmm. did really strike me as true is that penny and this this is kind of revealed at the end to jude that penny i think feels like such a mess and so insecure inside but she projects confidence and um like self-direction to the people around her and i think that is so that's sort of like a curse of the smart girl in a lot of ways. Mm. And I thought that was, I thought that was really well captured without having to like label it as being a certain type of person. And I, I really, I really liked that a lot. Yeah. I think Mary does that really well in her books. Like she's talking about things that 
people feel and experience without like giving it that label of like, this is what you're reading about. Like, I don't think she does a lot of explaining or like, I think she does a lot of showing, but not a lot of telling, I think is maybe uh-huh. the way you'd say it, which uh, until the like wrap up ending, which I'm like, okay, we get it. Um, but I do feel like she's sort of like, I, I don't know. Her characters are just great. Um, Something we talked about last time was like books to TV adaptations. And I feel like this would be a great Netflix movie, just yes. a great Netflix movie yes. that I'd love to watch on a Saturday. Yes, I agree. I feel like this, I think, and that would fill in some of the holes that you were talking about, like, cause you'd be able to have more people around. You'd be able to like have interactions that would feel more true to like college experiences. And I think that sometimes when books have like big holes, they make for better adaptations because then the Mm -hmm. showrunners or whoever can like fill things in or make changes. I feel like when a book is really, really like extraordinarily great, the adaptations never hold up because there's too much good stuff and you're getting rid of things. Whereas if there's lots of holes, you can kind of like fill it in with what it needs. Um, but I had that same yeah, thought of like, I'd love to watch this. Yeah. There would like be room, room to breathe for the, whatever the adaptation is. And it sort of would be like, um, to all the boys, but like a little bit darker and a little bit edgier and, and I, but you could just see like, there's the audience for it. And I think it would, it would work really well. And I think also it would, the, the texting would allow for like cool inner monologues, mm-hmm. um, and like voiceover from the various actors and whatnot. So also I would love to like visually see Sam's world like i i feel like that was really interesting to me actually like I, I i was curious about like the the layout of where his room was and sort of like when when um penny was talking about how the ceiling really freaked her out i was really interested in that too yeah and i would just like to see the food the baked goods yeah <laughs> like totally. you, you love rom-coms do you know the one what was it um with diane keaton and mandy moore um, oh yeah oh yeah or mandy moore like is a baker not don't tell mom what's it's like it's like i love you more or something like that or like yeah mom knows best or i don't know something about that's a deep cut that one didn't get a lot of attention but when it first came out like on tv like when it came to tv i feel like it was on a lot because i've seen it a few times and she wears like oh there's a lot of like polka dot outfits belted she's really leaning into her like puffy skirt kind of vibe and i really like that i believe I believe that was called because I said so. Yes, because I said so. That's correct. Nailed it. <laughs> Bingo. I looked uh, I looked it up. Amazing. Well, that book <laughs> or that movie has sort of like what I imagine that coffee shop vibes could be like with like the magic of the baking and then she ruins the yeah. souffle, an iconic film moment. <laughs> yeah, totally. Souffle is hard to nail. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're caught up on two different men. Uh, poor Mandy Moore. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day, and it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have 
considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What did you think of the ending? Like how it kind with of with the all, moms? Uh, no, with like Sam and Penny and them like reconciling to wanting to be to be lovers. I thought it would have been better if she ended up with the guy from her class and they just were each other's emergency contacts and like best friends. I actually thought that was where I was headed for a second. And I thought that would have made a lot more sense. Um, I think that maybe one thing like Penny wasn't wasn't ready for was just sort of like the reckoning of of like you're the imagined person that mm. you're texting with with the actual person and um i thought there were some really good insights about how like these people only exist in each other's phones to each mm-hmm. other for a while and then i do think there is a reckoning of like are you the person that you seem to be over text and because don't you have that with people yes. in your life where you're like you're so used to their tone over email text chat versus like who they are in, in real life and it's like almost confusing like i don't know if you ever have this but like when you're like in the room with someone and you read a text that you got from them you're just like wait is this the same person like <laughs> it is there's a real disconnect between the human and the text persona and i felt like that wasn't that didn't kind of come into play and i would have like liked that to be explored a little bit more yeah you're saying that if she had ended up with a guy from her class instead of sam say you're you're having said that is making me think that actually is like probably the more realistic interesting ending it's Mm not i mean makes it not really be a romance but you know all that aside but like i agree because i i like when men and women are friends in books sure and in life like i feel like we it's always romance so i do sort of that ending sort of intrigues me um i was sad that the where the book ended because I really wanted to know what happened. I wasn't sure if Penny and Sam were going to work out. And so I was really curious if they would. And so the way that it ended sort of left me being like, is there going to be another one? Like, I want to know, do they stay a thing? Because I could see this not working. Yeah, totally. Don't you think 
she would grow out of it like she would grow out of the fantasy before he would seems like he's he he falls for for women i I actually so what do you think of the lorraine character i i liked i liked her more than i think i was supposed to Hmm. i mean she seemed horrible a little bit i felt bad for her kind of i did too i did too i felt bad for her and i felt like i felt like he was not very generous with her feelings about the whole Mm -hmm. pregnancy. Like, I think he was so obsessed with his feelings, which he is allowed to have and be stressed out and nervous about like having a kid. And I get all of that, but also like, he did not give her the grace to have those feelings too. And I feel like if you find out you're, if you're the woman and you find out you're pregnant and it's not on purpose and your partner is allegedly homeless and (laughs) poor and like has nothing going for him and it's like falling apart at the seams i think that you would be allowed to also be really fucking stressed out about it yeah and so i felt like that made me feel really bad for her i mean look she should have told him that it wasn't uh gonna be a functioning pregnancy or whatever but but i didn't hate her and i know we were supposed to i i didn't hate her either i was like this is a this is also like a confused person as well like it sort of felt like I felt like there was more sympathy for her possible than she was receiving but I I thought that it was kind of a like just sort of like an interesting twist to have her her in in the book at all like I feel like she could have been totally absent but Mm -hmm. to actually make her like a present part of the book was kind of interesting yeah and I thought that their date scene where like they're like we're not going to talk about us then they talk about like then they end up talking about it that seemed like really realistic to me yeah and also like I I like Lauren because she was able to say the things that like we all want to say that we end up not saying or like getting too scared to say but she was like look you suck and you didn't get to know my family and like you could have you can think I'm x y and z but getting to hear from her and her like kind of saying why Sam sucks a little bit was I like that like it added like a nice layer to him totally no I definitely agree with that for sure and again another really well-written female character yeah I think I think ultimately my problem with the book is that Sam is so unrealistic. Like Sam yeah, is just Sam was not for what, you. <laughs> Sam Sam is like what women would like Sam to be. Sam is not who Sam would be, and I think that right. like sort of sort of bothered me. Right, because like that kind of guy is not writing those emails. He's, he's, not, emotionally he's not emotionally available. available. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I have said this for years and years, but like nobody wants to date a twenty-three-year-old or twenty-one-year-old guy less than than I ever do. Like, I don't think I've ever dated a 21 year old in my entire life. Like, it's just, it's not a feasible age to be dating someone like, no, it's, I I hope you're not in love with a 21 year old. It's not going to go well. Yeah. Like leave them, go take your time, go do you go travel abroad or whatever young people do. And then come back when they're 30. Like there's nothing good happening. Yeah. Yeah. If you're lucky, if they're worth it, they'll probably have figured something out. But yeah, you're right. Like a 21 year old guy with all these issues is super not available. And like, he's yeah, he's using you as an emergency contact and giving you absolutely nothing back. And he is not available to just drive you to the hospital. I'm sorry. He's not. (laughs) Right, 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 right. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe, okay. On the flip side, maybe he is because he's blowing off some other part of his life that he should be doing, you know, like in a super irresponsible 21 year old guy kind of way. Sure. Eh, it's giving him, giving him a lot of credit. I think he liked her and like wanted to be there. I don't know. I agree with you that Sam, this, the Sam that we get is probably not anything like the Sam that we would get in the real world. No. But I just want Penny to be happy. So I think I was willing to suspend my disbelief on Sam. 
I just, I want Penny to be realistic. So <laughs> you want Penny to get a 401k ASAP and get her shit together. <laughs> I just want her to, I just want her to know what she's getting into. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I don't know that Sam and Penny got married in ever. No. Like, I don't know. No. I do think that Penny could discover that Sam is not right for her and go back. What was the name? Andy or something. Yes. The writer guy. Yeah. Though. Okay. This here's my biggest pet peeve from the book. And I hate this in all books that do this. I really dislike when we get writing advice from characters in books. It's like yeah. too meta for me. And I don't, I don't like being explained to. I just think your work should do it. So if you're having to explain to us what good writing is, I don't like that. Yeah. Like when there's the breakthrough, mm -hmm. but, and her professor's like, finally, this is what I've been waiting for. Yeah. It's like, okay, we get it. It's a little meta. I, I think that's actually a real plus for um, historical fiction. And you know what I didn't mention last time you had me on? I wish I did. I fucking love Yale Doctor O. And he is oh, okay. unimpeachable. Ragtime is awesome. Ragtime is an awesome, awesome, awesome book. I really recommend it. So is The March and Billy Bathgate. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> but one of the reasons why historical fiction is great from like just like the writer standpoint is it very often blocks them from like writing themselves into it, right? Like, they've mm. had to like research something mm -hmm. and they can't, and there's like not a way to like introduce a plot about writing. And it's sort of like why movies about making movies often do well at the Oscars. It's like people just like love to celebrate and like venerate their own profession. And it does, it's sort of like, we see what's happening here. You're, you're writing yourself in here. Right. And it. I hate that in all, I hate like, I don't like plays about, theater making I don't like movies about filmmaking and I don't like books about writing and I I just yeah I think if you can do it well you don't have to explain it to me you know like totally I just don't, yeah I just don't totally need it. it just irritates me and I didn't quite understand what was going on with that part of like with her story and so that was annoying me too I was just like I don't know I don't I don't get it um but that story was really fucked up about the parents who kid died because they were taking care of like a tamagotchi that was a lot yeah it was a lot i have to say i found i also find like books within books pretty boring yeah I'm just like i don't i agree i don't need this yeah i i, I was sort of like skimming those sections because i was just like i understand this is going to be like a metaphor for what's happening in other parts of the book but like i don't i don't really care but what was the metaphor i didn't i like that's what i was like i don't understand why we even have to do this distracted parents maybe Oh, I thought, I, yeah, I was thinking more like Penny was obsessed with, because like there's this moment where they say like Sam only exists to her in the phone, like that she goes yeah. to him in the phone. So like maybe that was it, like that he was controlling her life and vice versa from inside this thing. Mm. And that like she didn't know about like the rest of his life. I don't know. It just was like, it just, I just didn't think it needed it. I think that, I didn't think that that added anything to the story and if you're gonna do that i think that it should add things yeah i mean i guess we can't decide on like what maybe it was supposed to be a combination of sort yeah. of like how how techno technological life is not a replacement for real life i don't yeah. know I, I i'm sure it's like all of those things but I, I also just find that conversation really boring because i think that technology tech, technology life is real life at this point yeah like our whole lives are technology. And like, if you can't find reality in that, like that says something worse about you than people who understand that, like, that's where, where we are. Like, right. 
like, right. you know, people were worried that TVs would make us all brain dead. And like, here we are still watching TV. I mean, maybe right. we are all brain dead and like, I'm an idiot, but either way, it's still very much like our lives and that the culture still revolves around these things. And so for me, I just didn't care. I didn't care for that story. I just didn't, I didn't need it. I didn't think the book needed it. I, I think she had said it already in the book, the, the original yeah. book, not the book within the book. You said you had really close female college friendships. What did you think of Jude and the other gal? I don't remember her name. You know, uh, um, her name is Mallory. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I think you get to college and you cling on to the people who are close to you because yeah. you're just like looking. And, and I think a lot of people have stories about like their freshman friends, are not the same as their end of college friends. And so the way that those three kind of like clung to each other really rang true. Cause I do think like you just get there and you're just like thrown in and it's like, you're on your own for the first time. I feel like I can barely remember how I was feeling as a college freshman. Cause it was like so overwhelming. I'm like not in touch with whatever those feelings were. So I actually thought that was like very realistic where like you do just become friends with your college roommate. Cause they're there. Yeah. And, and then you either like each other and remain friends or you find your people. Ultimately college is I think about finding yourself in your first phase of adulthood, I think most people would recognize that your college self is not your final self, but you find your people. And I think that that, but I thought that sort of like beginning of first semester of college, like that really rang true to me. And also like, it would be cool to know like the baked goods guy at the cafe, like you didn't know anyone in town. So I I thought, I thought that part was really well done. Yeah. And I liked Jude. She was annoying to me. Like I would hate being roommates with Jude. I just know that I would. Um, But I liked, I, Again, I thought she was like a good character. Like I, I feel like Mary did did a really good job of like creating full characters. Yeah, I agree. And I think like, and having read her other two books, I think that that's like really her strength. Like she gives her characters so much with not a lot. Like mm-hmm. she doesn't spend a bunch of time describing them, but like their their dialogue and the way that she like creates who they are, I think is really really cool and well done. And so like someone like Jude that I really was like, I know I would not like this person. I ended up like sort of liking that person. Um, Mallory also not a fan, but even she had like (laughs) redeeming, you know, like she, she seemed like she'd be a good hang. Let's be, let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, definitely. She, she had the cool party for them to go to with the good dresses and everything. Yeah. She did seem like a good hang. Like the rich Um, girl with all the shoes and the, and the, and the friends and the hot boys. Like I'm down. Yeah, totally. Totally. Um, I also thought that the sort of like the range of like sexual activity was pretty realistic mm. too, from Penny to to Jude. Jude's the one with the boyfriend from Australia. No, right? that's Mal. That's Mallory. Oh, that's Mallory. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I thought that was realistic too, and just sort of like not knowing like where you should fall on that spectrum. Um, I related to as well. Basically, like all the anxieties yes. I feel like of the book felt very true to life. Yeah. And yeah. maybe not all the plot points, but like all the anxieties for sure. Yeah. A thousand percent. And like the sweating, like the mm-hmm. penny. I'm a big sweater myself. So I was like, yes. yes. Um, and I think like when I think about this book being for younger people and like I think about Mary writing it, knowing that it's for younger people. I think that's something else that she does really well is like make space for young people to find themselves in in the experiences of her characters like that there is this range so that like if you are having a lot of sex like that's okay and if you're not that's okay without saying if you're not having a lot of sex it's okay like you'll find someone like she'll get there she's like cool Mary is cool 
And you can tell that she like has respect for young people. And so she's not like, I didn't find this book to be patronizing. And I thought if no, I was young, I, I wouldn't have felt like being lectured to, except for like the tying up of the ending, as I've mentioned 900 times. But aside from that, like I was like, yeah, this like, this book feels like cool and edgy for young people. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think though I've though I have um maligned Sam a lot. <laughs> I thought him saying I'm basically homeless was really meaningful because it actually wasn't about if he's if he's technically homeless or not, but about how he's feeling and mm-hmm. how he feels about like his his life. And I thought that was really meaningful as like a um just sort of like admitting vulnerability and sort of like how you like self-perception. I thought that was like a, a really poignant moment actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm just like thinking through what you just said. Yeah. Because you just like, I think at that age, there's just so much, there's such a huge gulf between how people perceive you and how you feel. Yes. And so for him to speak like, and for him to like not say I am homeless, but specifically like I'm basically homeless is like really speaking to his own insecurity and self-perception and not about the, not about whether he is or not. And I thought that was a really that was like one of the most vulnerable moments where he was like willing to show her like how he lives mm. because he has so much anxiety and, and self-consciousness over it. So I thought that, I thought that was really sweet. I, I do think there's a lot, I mean, there's a ton of sweetness in this book. My heart and heart is just saying <laughs> that's not necessarily realistic and that's right. my problem. No, I mean, I think, I think that criticism is a thousand percent valid. You've definitely like swayed me slightly to your, to your cold, dark <laughs> heart, but, <laughs> but I agree. I think, I do think like also for young women reading this book who are interested in dating males, men, people who identify that way, I think it is really nice to be like, look, get you a person who is emotionally available, right? Even yeah. if we don't think that Sam would Something be. Something to aspire to. Yeah, yeah. Even if we don't think Sam would be IRL, like in this book, he is. And so I feel like that's like pretty good. That's like a good yes. thing. Like you want someone who's like going to listen to you and be like after you tell them about this harrowing sexual assault rape to be like you didn't do anything wrong like to have someone that's there for you like that is I mean that's the point of the emergency contact right like someone is there for you when you need them I like the emergency contact concept a lot by the way like that just was like a really great framing yes I love love that um okay that's what we are going to talk about which is we always do this the title and the cover of the book um what you like the concept did you like it as the title you did I thought it was really cute I thought that was really cute I will say I've had this book in my office for years oh you have to me when it came out (laughs) and I never read it and the book it was versus the cover is like a, not a match for me. Cause I was like, when you suggest reading this book, I was like, oh yeah, I've had that for years. Literally. I remember when it was sent to me and, um, I was shocked at the con the contents and the tone based on the very sort of like more wistful cover. I thought, so <laughs> what were you expecting? I had no idea. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know. I think something just a little bit more serious maybe, or mm something a little bit more like opining and something a little, I just, I think the character of Penny caught me off guard. I really wasn't expecting her to be so, um, I don't know, not so anything, but just like, she was just a much fuller and kind of much more sardonic and acerbic character than I was expecting based on the cover. Hmm. That's, I think that, uh, so I, like I mentioned, this is my, this was the last of Mary's books for me to read. So I'd read her second book, then her third book, and then this one, her first one. And the art on the covers, I had like come to see and 
So after having read the other two, I sort of knew the tone. But now I'm looking at it again, being like, would I have known that if I hadn't read it? Um, I just love the art. I just love the artwork. It's beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like the cover's yeah. so beautiful. All her covers are stunning. I don't, I don't know who, I don't know if it's the same artist or not, but they're gorgeous. Um, and I love the title. I loved it when it came up, like when we figured out what was happening. I always like the moment when you find out the title in the book and you're like, yeah. oh, and I'm like, does that work or does that not work? So I like that a lot. Um, and I think when I look at the cover after having read the book, like them on their phones, like I didn't really notice that when I looked at the cover. I thought it was people who like I didn't weren't, notice it at all. Yeah, I thought it was like a couple who was like having fights. And that's like why their backs are to each other. But now when I look at it, I'm like, oh, it's sort of telling us like what happens in the book, um, which I appreciate. I'm I'm not really a huge cover person. Like I do judge books by their cover, but I don't really spend a lot of time looking at covers until after I read the book. And then I'm like, oh, all the little Easter eggs. I like to read the acknowledgments first. That's usually the first thing I do. You read the acknowledgments first. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I like to know who are the people that helped bring the book into the world. And I also, I feel like, um, I remember when I read, um, Daisy Jones and the six mm-hmm. and I read the, um, acknowledgements for that. I was like, oh, this is an incredibly warm and like caring person who wrote this mm-hmm. book. And, that, and for some reason, like knowing that information helped me read or guided me through the book in a specific way. And like, in general, I like to know how the writer feels about the people that help support them. And, I don't know. So I always read bios and acknowledgments first. That's I always save the acknowledgments for the end because that's like my favorite part of every book, which is really terrible. Me too. I love acknowledgments, but I don't do it. I do too. I sometimes don't do it before because then I feel like it would sway my opinion of the book. Like I'd like it more. I don't know. Hmm. I, I guess I just like to know how that is affecting my like I don't know if I, I don't know I just it just opens up a window into the writer that I find really interesting yeah yeah I love it I um sometimes when I read someone's acknowledgments I'm like oh someone I'd like to be friends with like you have all all, my, all your acknowledgments are like my other favorite authors or like <laughs> like I always think that's fun to see which like writers they worked with in yeah, the yeah, workshopping totally. and stuff I think the last thing we have to talk about, which I kind of spaced on, but I think is important with this book is that also Penny is an Asian woman. And Mm. I think like that is really cool and exciting too, because as a woman of color, like we don't always get to be the love interests in stories. And so I think like that's also something cool that Mary does is like she writes about people of color without being like as a Korean woman, like I do X, Y, and Z. Like, it's just, we exist in the world. And so of course we exist in the books. And I I just really appreciate that about, about Mary. And I want to make sure that I acknowledge that part of this book. Yeah, absolutely. I thought this stuff, um, about her name and Mm -hmm. how you'd write it in Korean was, was really cool at the very beginning and then just kind of like moved on. And I, I liked that because I, I do think names are such a huge part of identity Mm -hmm. and, I'm not sure everyone agrees. And I, but yeah, it was sort of like part of introducing you to the character because of course it's part of who she is and then sort of moved on. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It's the same. I mean, it's the same thing we've been talking about, about the characters throughout. It's like, she tells us stuff about them or like shows us little bits of them, but she's not like explaining everything. You know, she's not like in Korean culture, da 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 da. She just yeah. like throws out these little tidbits and it's like, great. That's how it really is. Like, when I'm not talking about being black on my podcast, like I don't really talk about like black <laughs> cultural touchstones, you know, like I'm not like, 
I like this thing because black people did this in the 1850s. And, you know, like, so I like that it just was natural. And like, she didn't, it's like, it didn't feel like she was writing it for white audiences, which I think happens right. so much. Or for like, because it's for young people, there needed to be all this explanation because what if they'd never met a Korean person? You know, like, I just, I like that. And then when I went on Goodreads, I saw people asking if Sam was white. And I, I don't know. I imagined him like Paxton Hall Yoshida, but that's because he's the <laughs> hottest guy in the world right now to me. <laughs> but I think he's, I think he is white. I think he was like Hungarian and Polish or German and Polish yeah. or something. I think he's a German and Polish. Yeah. yeah. I think he was white. Um, I think also there was that really funny bit about how Becker, his last name means Baker in German. Oh yeah. But yeah, his, his race sort of was like inconsequential. Yeah. It didn't really matter. So yeah. 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 Is there anything else you wanted to say about the book before we get out of here? I just feel like I was unfairly harsh. I did like it. <laughs> I was being really hard on it, but I, did, I had a really nice time reading it. This is just my heart and heart being worried for young people as they get into their dating lives. I don't think you were that harsh. I feel like <laughs> it was totally fine. All we do on the show is talk about books. And so sometimes it gets sometimes it gets really brutal. I weirdly like <laughs> the book, which is so rare for me to like think fiction is cute. Um, oh, great. But they're definitely you're right they're definitely holes so you're just being an honest and good guest on the podcast and we appreciate <laughs> you so much julia thank you for being here thanks for having me it was really fun i really enjoyed it yay and hope i was as good as quentin tarantino you were better <laughs> thank you and everyone else we will see you in the stacks thank you all so much for listening and thank you to juliet for being my guest I am so excited to announce our September book club pick. It is Blood in the Water, The Attica Prison Uprising of 1971 and Its Legacy by Heather Ann Thompson. As some of you might know, this is the book that inspired the podcast. So it's a historic moment to finally get to discuss it on the show. That episode will air September 29th, and you can tune in next week to find out who our guest will be for that conversation. If you love the show, head to patreon.com slash the stacks to join the stacks pack. Please make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, be sure to leave us a rating and a review. For more from the stacks, follow us on social media at the stacks pod on Instagram and at the stacks pod underscore on Twitter and check out our website, the Thank you one last time to Silvana Alcala for being such a stellar sound editor. I am going to miss you so much. Our graphic designer is Robin McCright and our theme music is from Tagirajis. The Stacks is created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas. <laughs> <laughs>